three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real New Podcast. I am your host with the most plain word. It's me. I'm back. And with me today, returning guests, Ben and Brendan. Boys, how you doing? What is going on, Blaine? I'm doing How you doing? You know, you can only see the top of my head. That's that's fine. Blaine, you're so far away. I know. I know. It, it, I'm, a, I'm a million miles away from you guys, but you know what? You guys are here in my heart. Um, Blaine, we would walk a thousand miles for you. We, we, That's have, a fact. we have you on Brendan's laptop screen for now, though. It's God, okay. That's all right. Hey, you know, we're making this uh, threesome of a pod work even. Uh, yes. Even two. Yeah. Oh, long, yeah. Oh, yeah. Long term, long term relationship is how this is going. Um, <laughs> Well, boys, we are officially in Halloween season. October is here. And you know what that means? It means time for scary movies. And you know, I love scary movies. Y'all love scary movies. Um, We love watching scary movies with you. Right, exactly. Good or bad, you know, that's who's to say. But um, yeah, so we have been uh, planning this for a little bit now. Uh, Ben and Brendan, I know you guys are big. fans uh of the halloween franchise now the halloween franchise uh it has been here since the 70s um for those who don't know what halloween is uh michael myers the guy in the white mask who carries a knife you know um one of the iconic horror movie villains of all time and since i have only seen the first one and the 2018 one in honor of halloween kills which is coming out in a few weeks uh we're gonna do a big ass retrospective of all the Halloween movies for you guys. Now we are not going to do all of them in one episode. Uh, this episode will cover Halloween one to Halloween curse of Michael Myers, because if we did all of them in one episode, I think we might die. We'd be yeah, here for and four hours. To sum this whole thing up in one word, this is a doozy. Oh yeah, absolutely. To say and, the least. Right, honestly, you should have just watched one and 2018. Well, yeah, I mean, just spare yourself. <laughs> yeah. I did this to myself, really. You um, so much of you wasted all that time of your life. I know. Yeah. See, I should be studying. I should be studying for like college classes, but instead, I'm watching. You're watching Curse of uh, Introducing Paul Stephen Rudd. Yeah, exactly. I'm watching shitty <laughs> Halloween scenes before Ant Man. Right. Exactly. But you know what? <laughs> I'm doing it for the pod, so it's worth it in the end. I guess. I don't know. Um, plus, the completionist in me gets a little happy. Um, now before we jump into these, I want to ask you both, um, and Ben, I guess I'll start with you. Why does the Halloween franchise stick with you? Okay. Well, I've actually, I have an interesting story with horror movies and it kind of starts with Halloween. They were something that like, you know, you'd sneak up after bedtime and catch a few seconds of your parents watching one and it stuck with you for the rest of your life. But it was something that interested you. And I remember watching the first Halloween as kind of one of my first big horror movies. And, you know, just with the how we'll talk about the pacing and the way it works, you know, letting my guard down and feeling like I was very comforted, comfortable in this, in this really slow paced, kind of easy moving, quote unquote, horror movie. And then the third act hit me and I've never been the same since I've just been a horror movie addict to say the least Absolutely. And I as weird as it is yeah 
as weird as it is to say, I kind of grew up watching these movies. I've seen every one of them multiple times. So these were all rewatches for me, thankfully. Or kind of thankfully. Um, <laughs> You're like, I already know what happens. I can just turn my brain off at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Um, Brendan, what about you? What's your relationship to this franchise? Um, so, well, first of all, Halloween is my 10th favorite movie, which is period. Like, that is my all-time favorite horror movie. Well, it, it kind of plays into our friendship, actually. Like, this motherfucker. Like, because when, basically when I met him, we did not watch scary movies when I was little. Like, that was just, like frowned upon and we just didn't I, I thought they were like too scary like I and then I started watching some like it was like 13 and my mom was like you know what you can watch red guard movies and I was like really that, <laughs> that contradicts my entire life up until this point but you know it's very difficult um but uh yeah I turned 13 and I was like hooked up I, you know you know the big names nightmare Friday 13 and then that Halloween was one of those too and, you know, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees are a little bit cooler than Michael. They have, you know, they're more colorful and, you know what I'm saying? Like, Michael Myers is kind of simplistic. And I didn't think the first time I watched it that it would, uh, it would really get me because it was just kind of like a guy going around with a knife. It wasn't anything, like, super crazy or wasn't like a zombie, you know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> But it, it surprised, shocked me. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, that was really good. And then it, it just kept growing on me as time went on. And because the, the nightmares and Fridays are just kind of like a cheese fest. Like none of them are really good. They're just all, you know, just pick whichever one because they're all about the same uh, value of good. But Halloween, actually, the first one and then 2018 are just outstanding films, just not even horror, just in general. Like they're just outstanding. And Halloween, of all those like major franchises, is the most fun to watch all of them because they are just absolutely insane how much <laughs> they go away from the original and stuff. But like cult. It's borderline unthinkable. Like, it's it's who wrote this? Like it's unbelievable. Exactly. exactly. But this is also the franchise I feel like that gets the most love because they're making new ones now and they're all like, um, they well, keep up that same intensity of the first one, but they add on, they make him just absolute brutal. We'll get there. Because <laughs> it, it was like, it was kind of like a combination of the first one and the Rob Zombie one where it was just really gritty, but it was still, it just stuck true to the original. So. Yeah, I think I agree with you with having, like, a big fan base because, like, the 2018 one had a lot of, like, references to the older stuff. Now, I didn't understand all the references, and I'm sure I will when we get to that um, next on the on the next half. Um, but, I like, there is a fan base for these movies, even the shitty ones. Like, there's still a fan base of, like, yeah, no, it's so bad, it's good kind of deal. Um, now, let's just jump right in. Uh the first Halloween, 1978. This is directed by my boy, John Carpenter. Um, oh. Horror icon, really. Uh, between this and the thing, like and, the man. Um, he's up there with Wes Craven. He's a music icon at this uh, point. Exactly. I would start to consider Jordan Peele. He's climbing up there, too. Like Absolutely. All -time horror directors. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as horror, uh, Hall of Fame Car goes. Carpenter yeah. is up there, for sure. Absolutely. And this is his first 
big movie acting. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's interesting that, like, like you guys were saying, so with Halloween, I think one of the interesting is, is interesting thing is, is like how simple it actually is, like when it comes down to things. And I think that's part of what makes it scary is the fact of, all right, is it just a guy with a knife? Yes. What well, could really happen? Right. It's just a guy. Like, there's yeah. no, at least. He's just, he's just evil. Right. He's just the manifestation of pure evil, and he can't yeah. be stopped. He'll lumber toward you and it'll kill you and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that's where the terror from, comes from and kind of this innocent, you know, like regular town suddenly in comes evil and, you know, there's no way to prepare for something like that. Um, it's now, clearly a low budget movie, but like it uses literally everything it has. Like right. Every resource that they had access to, they were using it potential. Absolutely. Now, I think the number one thing that's most iconic about Halloween uh, is the score. Now, John Carpenter did the score, which, hell yeah to him, but that's, like, maybe the most iconic horror score, like, ever. Like, if people hear that piano theme, yes. they know exactly, like, what's going on. Um, yeah. Nightmare and Friday the 13th can make a case as well, but this one is by far the most And, memorable. like, The Exorcist. I was about oh, to say, like, yeah. that's the only one I... I that popped into my head that can hold a case but that's a good one yeah halloween always edges out it's by far the most iconic yeah because not only is it creepy but it's also filled with like energy too like every time like every time it kicks in you're like oh man i'm into it you know um i'm really uh you know i'm just feeling it but yeah i I mean it's one of the you know what i I can't wait till you have to watch rob zombies oh yeah no yeah (laughs) we'll see how that goes um now, I guess as far as, like, as far as my general thoughts on this first Halloween, like, I think for, again, looking at, like, how small scale it is, I think it's very impressive, the fact that it's able to be, like we were saying, it's able to be scary, even though it's a small budget horror movie. Like, if you think of it, there's not, like, a ton going on in this movie. It's just, all right, here's a few houses, here's a few kills, and then there's, like, a, you know, 20 to 30 minute chase at the end and it never goes like it's never outlandish it's never you know unbelievable like everything happens in a way where like you were saying it's realistic in a sense where you know like people are just like they don't know what to do in this situation very um it's very hitchcockian because they like it's all around the suspense yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. It, it is just a couple kills and a couple of creepy walking around, but it's so table. timed well. And it's the score and everything all together. It, it's that's the number one thing about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are scenes in this movie, like, and in the first one too, where like nothing is happening per se. Like somebody's just walking around, but it's so eerie because you know, like, you don't know where he is and you know that he's messing with like all horror movie villains do, but like he's messing with his victim, you know? Um, yeah. yes. And that just makes the inevitable moment where he does come out really kind of shocking. And there's a thing that old horror movies do where like they'll turn the sound effects like all the way up as the jump scare or like a musical cue all the way up as a jump scare. It's not like a, it's different than like a conjuring sort of thing. I don't know how to describe it, but it's a way where it'll be just like this loud sound effect. Yeah. It'll just like, because it's so loud, you're like, whoa, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Like a door slamming. Right. Or something like that. 
Or like Michael will appear out of the shadows and it'll be like a loud like sound or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh, so, okay. So like an artificial sound. I see what you mean. Yeah, it's just it, 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 I don't know. I I, I appreciate the like, jump scare. It's pretty much the jump scare. Like what you're saying is like the jump scare in Insidious, Patrick Wilson. That's pretty much like all just loud sounds and just right. nothing, nothing jumps out. It's just kind of sitting there after it cuts. Right. There's a really loud sound and it gets you. Yeah. And even like, you know, sometimes uh, Carpenter's score will also be like a part of that just because, you know, like he'll have like a piano chord just come in loud out of nowhere, like, Bling! you know, and you'll be like, whoa, mm-hmm. yeah. calm down. But uh, <laughs> I mean, like, we're, I, it's, it's just nice that we're in the hands of a competent filmmaker for a horror movie like this. Because if you look, I mean, obviously with Wes Craven, and uh, uh, the first nightmare on Elm Street. Like, obviously, we're in the hands of a master here. But with Halloween, there's just so many, like, patient, long shots. And, like, Michael will be there just oh. in the background, but they don't pay any attention to him. You know, like, it it just builds suspense really well. I think that's what I like most about this. I couldn't agree more. 100%. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen Halloween, it is about a girl named Lori Strode. She's a babysitter. And she has to babysit a kid that she lives by name Tommy rather than going out with her friends. And throughout her, the first, I'd say about act and a half to two acts of this movie, it's just pretty much showing Lori's day-to-day life with her really ditzy friends. But along, yeah, totally ditzy friends. But, like, throughout the movie, you kind of get glimpses of just a boiler suit with an all-white mask just staring at her, stalking her. And, obviously, as it goes on, it just gets more, as we've been saying, more and more intense. The guy gets, let's just say, a lot closer. Right. It just devolves into all-out chaos um, at the end of it. Now, uh... The other part of this is um, Donald Pleasant, uh, another well, a mainstay of the franchise, uh, playing Dr. Loomis. Now, the thing I love about Donald Pleasant is he's overacting, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. Like, he, I feel like he knew exactly how to play it, where, like, you believe what he's saying about Michael, because, like, you know, Every time he gets a chance to speak, he's like, I looked into his eyes and I saw nothing but evil. You know, it's like, and you believe it because he's so like, he's so crazed from the experience of like working with Michael. You know, you can see the effect of kind of what that did to him. And I, I, it, it's one of those things that in in the hands of a lesser actor would have fallen completely flat. Um, But Donald Pleasant does a really fun job with the role. He lived and died by the, like the, Halloween's his last movie ever. Like he died and there was just after they finished filming. Like it was that yeah. that quickly. They gave him a nice little tribute in the credits. <laughs> the movie can't save it, but yeah. Right. right. At that point you're like, get out of here. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I I feel like I don't know. The other thing too is like I, I Jamie Lee Curtis is just wonderful in this movie. Um, you know, with a with a horror movie, Final Girl, like you, you got to be able to root for her, and she does enough of that. She has that kind of girl next door energy to her character, where you know you want her to survive. You know, she you, pretty you, much set that bar. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, was she the first? Female, 
She's she might have been like she was kind of the first female protagonist that was able to outsmart the killer and just get past everything he had overall by the end. Right. Yeah, because Psycho, the girl dies. So yeah. That's a good time. Yeah, that's true. I can't really think of any more examples so much of that. Yeah, well, she's definitely in the Hall of Fame as far as that goes. Like, she's definitely one of the first. I feel like she's mentioned in and pop culture often. She's dedicated to the series because she right. has come back to two reboots. This is true. Like, you have to give her respect. She's amazing. Yeah, she's always great um, in these. Uh, and I, the other thing, too, is I think it's not allowed to kind of, like, have fun with the slasher elements of it. Because, like, with Michael, um, like, with, with Michael, the way that he plays with his victim, there's kind of a, a glee to it where you know he's going to pop out. And the question is just, like, when or how it's going to happen. And one of, like probably my favorite um uh like goofy kill is when uh you know the uh i forget their names but the guy and girl are like having sex you know they're doing their thing and the guy gets up and leaves and you know michael kills him and then puts on like this sheet and the girl's like the girl's like oh come back to bed and it's clearly michael under there and i'm like all right I <laughs> he even put the glasses on too yeah. Right, I'm like, all right, this is just like extra, you know. This but I mean, hilarious. it's right, right. It's all, it's all in good fun. Um, he just, just wanted to see her boobs. That's true, you know. That's that's, that's why. That's fair, you know. Um, because Michael, he's been in prison for a while. You know, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta. He's gotta be free. Um, the other thing too, I like about this, and I said it, I said about it earlier, but there's a lot of like just long patient takes in the movie and i think that's impressive for a horror movie because horror movies especially nowadays i feel like are very like all right we gotta get from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing and with halloween because of the way that the shots are timed like that opening scene is incredible because you're just following young michael's perspective for like i don't know two minutes three minutes and you don't know what's going on until you know he stabs uh the girl and you're like oh shit like i kind of I kind of laugh at that because it, she's he's it's Deborah Hill's hand by the way who's stabbing the girl. Yeah. Right. But she's she's stabbing her, but she's looking up at the wall while she's stabbing her. Right. She's like looking away, you know. And you want to? I talk, always laugh at that part. You want to talk about an overacted scene too? That that's always been a weird one for Michael. me. Yeah, just the way she screams his name. Yeah, and then she's like moaning while she's dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some questionable performances um, in this. I know uh, a buddy yes. of mine really doesn't like the best friend uh, at all. Okay. Yeah, that's if actually all the like negative. The one or two negatives of this film. Yeah, it's over like some of the side characters whose dialogue is really bad. Like right. that, the blonde girl. Um, I. Uh, Linda, she says totally. Five times in one minute. Like I was counting every time she said it in this one in the one of the very first scenes. And I'm just like, oh my God, could they have written anything else? Right. Continue to use that word. Maybe it was a thing in the 70s, but like it it gets kind of old when you hear it five or six times and you're like, okay, what are we doing now? Yeah. Right. That is most of the dialogue in terms of like. Um, Laurie and Loomis is is 
pretty great. Like none of that's weird. Except, except the part at the end where she says, what's the, and he goes, as a matter of fact, it was like, no, well, that's not what she asked you. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah, that's not what she asked you. I she said, thought, what is the boogeyman? I always thought she said that was the boogeyman. No, no, like, no. As no, a she, question, and then he says, No, she, what? She says, What's the boogeyman? But that does why would they write it like that? I have no idea, but I am I, am I incorrect like about that. that? I don't think they wrote it like that. I don't remember. I don't know. That I just doesn't seem like says, something that I just don't think that would slip past them. Yeah, I mean it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it definitely. Oh, fuck. Is. Did I just ramble about something that wasn't even real? Who knows? Hey, you know it is Halloween. It's scary. That's, what I, I, that's what I heard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Many minute goes. Um. Now I think the best part about this is definitely like the, the most high energy scene is definitely the ending. Um. Just because like that's when Laurie and Michael finally face off. Um. And, and there's a detail in there that I really like. Um that other movies have like normally i'm against this but there's a moment where she actually takes off his mask and you see michael and he's just a guy yeah and i i I like that because again that ties into the whole scene with like this this is a reality in which this could happen like Mm -hmm. it's just a guy he's just evil like that's all there is to it. it's a very simple um villain as far as that goes but they also have it very shadowed and very hard to see so you don't make out his entire face but you make out just enough to see just the human face of a regular man right just a killing yeah, spree really make it all secret yeah they clearly show it like yeah the she pulls it off. and then uh <laughs> the other thing too um the ending of the movie is just so good because uh Loomis shoots michael he falls off the uh, the roof, and you're like, "Oh, they got him!" And then they, you know, Loomis looks over, and he's just gone. You're like, "Oh hell yeah!" Yeah, yeah I said that's one of the best cliffhangers just ever. And then the music starts playing that perfect score right at the end of the movie, and you get like all the shots of the kind of the places, like you said, Blaine, where the takes place, and then it just gives you the title. Oh yeah, sit there and chills for a second dang what a movie yeah you're like john carpenter my freaking boy yeah but uh yeah i mean halloween's a classic and there's i i can see how some wouldn't like the slow place because i mean it does it, it does take a while for things to get going but as far as like the craft of it goes it's like impeccable it's like this guy you know like, like we were saying he took all the tools at his disposal and just kind of popped up like he really went for it it is as tradition as die hard on Christmas. Right. Like it is as you have to watch it on Halloween. Once you start, you can't go back. Absolutely. Yeah, because otherwise Michael will come and kill you. You know. Right. Uh now on to Halloween two. So Halloween two came out three years after the first one. Um this was directed by Rick Rosenthal. This came out in 1981. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance are both back um, as Lori um, and Loomis. Our and, boy John Carpenter is back. You know, his theme is back, along with he is also back as a writer. He played on the screenplay, but this was the last one where he had real big impact on it. Right. So he, he kind of left the series Wait, after would this. Would you like to know what other movie Rick 
Rosenthal is directed in the series. What other movie is Rick Rosenthal it's directed Halloween in the Halloween Resurrection. Uh oh. I heard you watch that one. I've heard that's a bad one. Um, it's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking about Halloween 2, though. So the thing about Halloween 2 is the thing I can compare it most to, this is a weird comparison, but I think it's accurate. This feels like Rocky 2 to the first Rocky, where it, it picks off like directly oh, after the first was... one. Yeah. Yes. This and, is Rocky 2. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say Rocky 2. Rocky 2 is better than this. Down to the Down. freaking imitation game over here. Yes. That's 100%. Yeah. This. Down like, to the fact that it's kind of split too. Like I've I've met people that either praise Rocky too, and like or I've met people that just flat out hate it. Right. I think it's just not good. Or I didn't follow like it up. as much this this watch through. Yeah, I, personally, I did not. Yeah, so, and it's it's less so in Halloween's case because I think Rocky Two is a much much better movie. Yeah. Than Halloween two. Well, yeah. I'd say, here's the thing. So, Halloween 2 picks up right after the events of the first one. So, Michael disappears. You know, Loomis uh, shot him six times, which, by the way, he says, like, 30 times in the movie. Um, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I Uh, shot him six times. I'm like, I know. Yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, we watched it. Yeah, we saw it in the last movie. And at the beginning of this one. Um, But... So Lori goes to the hospital, and it basically this one is just Michael Myers killing the nurses in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. He gets to the hospital. I want to point something out, like, or I, it's kind of a question. Like, Lori kind of ends up in the wrong movie. Like, she ends up in Nightmare on Elm Street. Why, out of nowhere, for some reason, does she just not want to be put to sleep? Is that ever explained? Like, why she's going probably, to sleep well, under security because michael is still i don't know it just seems like she made such a huge deal about it and then it's never brought up well, again in the rest of the under movie after you just experienced all that trauma if i was surrounded by cops i, I don't care i don't know no it was something that just kind of confused me like it's never brought up ever again right yeah here's the thing with halloween too i think it's fine for the most part, only because a Michael Myers is still pretty scary. Like they they don't betray his character in this. Yeah. Um, they do a really good job of like making his eyes look really black in this one. Yeah, and it looks really good. And yeah, keeping with what we said in the last movie about the scary shots and like Michael kind of standing in the distance. This movie does do well using its setting to its, its advantage. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of shots like through security cameras, like hospital security cameras and like hallway mirrors and through windows into different rooms. Like it, it's very clear that it's in a hospital and they use that to their advantage with the shots. Exactly. Like, like you'll see Michael looking like in one shot, he's just in a room behind a counter looking at people in, like talking at the counter. And then the camera cuts and turns 180 degrees to outside the room. And you can just barely see the outline of his mask through the window that these people at the counter are standing at. And shots of the, shots like that are all over the movie. And right. So they were really good with how they handled Michael in this movie, but what they weren't really good with was concealing his brutality. Like right from the first kill, it is clear that this movie is 
is going like 10 out of 10. Like he drives us, a, a, what is what is it, like a syringe right yeah, into right that into girl's head. head. Oh, yes. Like, and just instantly, like the movie is twice as brutal as even the third act of the first movie could come close to. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, then, amps up, it amps up the violence for sure and, in this one. And then the second kill, which isn't even a Michael kill, just is just some trick or treater. Okay, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. That is one of the best shots in the whole series. Yeah, like he just gets completely pummeled and blown up. It is the funniest thing because a guy dressed up as Michael Myers, who's not Michael Myers, but he's dressed up as Michael Myers, walks into the middle of the street because Loomis is like, hey, we got to get this guy. Oh, you're talking about that? Yeah. Yeah, because it's funny as hell. Um, (laughs) So the guy walks in the middle of the street and a cop car with sirens on just fucking books him into like a truck and it blows up and it's the biggest like what the hell just yeah, happened this is the first 30 minutes of the movie and like we said a lot when we talked about the first movie none of like the real scary stuff of the first movie happens until the late second to like all of the third act right like in in this movie it's happening in the first 15 minutes so right. like they don't really do a good job of hiding of kind of starting Michael off slow and then having him ramp up at the end. He just, he kind of just continues where he left off. He leaves bleh, where he left off in the last one. Right. Now, I think my big problem with this one is I don't think Lori is in it all that much. Like, I well, don't she think... is. She's, like, medicated and she doesn't say much. Right, like, it... it, it... She whines more in this one. Yeah, she does. The thing is, is like I don't feel like she gets any agency until the last, like you know, the last little bit of the movie where it's her versus Michael, and all that's well and good. But like everything before then, like we're just focusing on a few like nurses, and then Lewis's side of the story. And I'm like, this isn't really all that engaging. I kind of want to see what happened to Lori, and we don't really get that, um, which is kind of sad because she's just in the hospital the whole time, like medicated or stuck in the bed, and then finally in the last like little bit she finally gets to do something but i was just kind of underwhelmed with how they handled her i'm like oh that's kind of disappointing so this this movie is actually very important we need we're, we're going to be coming back to this movie a lot not necessarily for what happens in it or even really anything about the movie itself just like where it is the timeline of halloween the this is of yeah this True. is this is where it gets weird so for the rest of this podcast, we'll continue with like the sequels that came out like directly after the movie. We'll um, we'll Louise, but uh, we'll Louise from uh, Ant Man the rest of the sequels. Yeah, but like as we go on, we're gonna start finding Halloween movies that call themselves just direct sequels to Halloween Two. Right. And then we're gonna when we get farther down the line, we're gonna find a string of movies that just yeah, flat out say, ignores Halloween we'll, Two. We'll be like the Watcher. We'll say, okay, now we're right. going to move on to this universe. We're yeah. We're going to be your guide. Yeah. These vast realities. <laughs> so, but Halloween 2 drops a very important bombshell for this first series of movies, or the first and second series. I guess you could say the first series and then the first reboot. And that is that Laurie Strode is actually Michael Myers' sister. Bum, bum, bum. Which, 
which until recently was just kind of normal knowledge right this has only recently been taken out because like i said like we're gonna get into halloween 2018 which is a sequel only to halloween one so the plot twist that occurs on the same night just in a different movie is out of the plot nowadays right but for now we got to deal with them being related right how do you guys feel how do you guys feel about that twist Okay, I'm fine so this, with it. This, um, I'll talk about it more later when we get to 2018. But um, it makes a lot of sense, especially in the first. It makes the first movie make a little bit more sense of why he's actually targeting her. I agree. Versus, um, you know, him just being like, it's no relation. Like he's just killing people to kill people, which I like better. But we'll get back to that later. I, I agree with that. I like this twist, and I agree with what you're but saying. Yes, I don't dislike this either. This twist is good only for a while because they kind of, I guess you should say, add in other reasons beyond he just wants to finish up. Because, like, the the mentality of just wanting to kill anyone and wanting to finish off your bloodline can kind of give you the same fear factor in a way. But when you add certain things that the later movies add to the why he wants to kill off his bloodline, yeah. that's just messed up. Basically, the twist could be could be worse yeah. than just yeah. being a sister. Like, it can... We've seen it. It it does get way worse. Where we are now, we do we have a deranged ser- serial killer that wants to kill his whole family and kills anybody in his way, which this is movie, still scary. This movie is really it, it is pretty closely associated with the first one, more so than any of them really. Like this is the one of the first one, so give it credit for that. It's the sequel correct really because it just picked, like you said it it is basically rock two they pick up right where they left off right i think i i do think there's some good sequences in here um mainly again i find that last confrontation uh pretty exciting there's that moment where like Lori's making her way through the hospital she runs into that nurse and kind of michael kills the nurse kind of like lifts her up while she's like impaled or whatever and there's a scene where like it's shot from below, and you see the shoe just drop, and you see like Lori's like face also just like drop, and she starts booking it running away. And I thought that was um, very effective. My favorite scene in the film is the bathtub or the therapy room. Oh yeah, yeah. The really comedic guy yeah, guy character. character. Why do they have a hot tub in a hospital? It's I think it's a therapy yeah, room. Maybe just like, or, uh, or like muscles, maybe. That's a exactly okay. what it's for yeah like it's muscle tension i'm pretty okay. sure all right yeah because i was like all right they're having sexy time in the hot tub which like all right cool but so, like where yeah first of all that's just a clever kill like i mentioned the setting that's a kill that you could only really have in a hospital with a a boiling like that that can go up to a temperature like that right and the, and like the use of like the stained glass in the room where the the control when the guy nurse stood up to go back and control the temperature, you could just see the outline of Michael strangling him. Yeah. That's right. a very cool shot. And then they do the cliche where, um, <clears throat> excuse me, where the girl doesn't turn her 
her back to the very obvious turn around and see the very obvious killer and then grabs the killer's hand and is all lovey-dovey thinking it's the boyfriend and then gets one of the most clever kills in the movie where she gets her face melted off like cheese. Yeah. And it still looks okay for the 80s. Like, for the 80s, because it's yeah. not computer-generated at all. I'm surprised this one... I mean, I'm sure this one did have a bigger budget, but it doesn't seem, like, much bigger. No, no. I don't think so. I yeah. think a lot of the budget probably just went into, like, shooting in a hospital, and that's really. that's not a, a hack against it, but, you know, bigger the budget, more things you can do. Right. Yeah. Um, now, real quick, I want to bring up uh, what happened at the end of this movie. Um, so... You know, Michael's got uh, uh, Laurie and Dr. Loomis cornered. And um, uh, is this the one? I'm getting them very confused now. Is this the one where she stabs his eyes out? Yeah. She shoots his eyes out. She shoots his eyes out, right. So Michael's blind, and he's, like, slicing around like a madman because he doesn't know what's happening. And Loomis is like, go, Laurie. I'll finish him off. And so Laurie, you know, runs out, and Dr. Loomis... Now let's let, let let's let's be logical about this. Doctor Loomis and Michael both blow up and burn. All right, they blow up and they burn. He kills himself. Kaboom. They're supposed to be dead by the end of this movie. Gone. And we'll get into why even more so why they're supposed the to be gone and dead. That follows is is poor at times. Yeah. Exactly. So. It's pretty easy to see why, oh, yeah. like from a business standpoint, and like how the fans reacted to what they did next. Oh, but yes. when you understand what they were doing, yeah, Michael and Loomis were supposed to be dead. This was supposed to be the proper conclusion to Michael Myers when it first came out. Right. And as a proper conclusion, I think him dying it like that. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to end it. Like, I agree. Way he ends with. The doctor that kind of started him. Loomis has been a central figure. He's still a human. Right. So he can die. Impossible to kill. Right. At this point in time. Yeah. And I agree with Ben. Like the way that Loomis is the one to finish him off, I like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Just thematically, I think that makes sense. Uh, Anything else you guys want to add about Halloween 2? If you want to watch it, it's worth the watch if you want to experience the first story. If you want my opinion, it, um, after three, none of what we're going to mention is really worth watching unless you're a diehard fan. But if you want to experience another Halloween story, watching the first two films of then H20 or H2O, that's not bad. So that's a good way I can recommend H2O to you. Other than that, it's practically the first film in a hospital. Right. That's pretty much what it is. It has kind of the same style of ending. It, other than the fact that Michael is a lot more chaotic in it from start to finish, it's got the same structure of plot and just a lot less likable characters. It's, it's good. It's not great. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's fine. It gets the job done. I mentioned my favorite line in the movie. It's one of my favorite characters. Uh, Bud. Yeah. The paramedic guy. He says, uh, or I'm sorry, the girlfriend or the girl or somebody. She says something. All you ever say is hell or shit or damn. 
And she's and he's just like, yeah, that's because I'm always fucking up. <laughs> It's awesome. That guy is hilarious. Like he's such an asshole. Great. So you know what he's just gonna get at um, <laughs> I love him. Just understand that. Next movie is Halloween three, season of the witch. This was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. This came out in 1982. Um now, right out of the way, this has absolutely little to nothing to do with Michael Myers. Laurie Strode, or Dr. Loomis. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis does make a cameo in it. Right. She had, she's in it a little bit. Now, what they were aiming for, like, if you've ever seen, like, The Twilight Zone or something like that, aiming for, like, a an, an, a movie version of that for Halloween movies. So, like, right. the first two parts were the Michael Myers story. And, like, we we had briefly mentioned Michael Myers' story was concluded along with Loomis and Laurie. Like, they all got had their endings. So the studio decided, okay, Michael's done. Let's not milk it. Let's make another story. We can cast a few of the same actors, but let's make our a different thing and then treat this like an anthology. And every movie will do a different story. Right. And as you can tell, like the fans weren't too into that idea and pretty much a lot of the criticisms you hear about it these days are just because of how much it sticks out in the, right. the it's only the one it's the only one without michael myers but when you understand what they were going for and just kind of take it as another halloween movie to watch it's not a bad movie i just, had so much fun with this you cannot right. you cannot expect this to be Halloween three because it's not. There, the, biggest, it's, it's, the biggest problem is that it's called Halloween three. It really is the biggest problem with it. Like if there's people there might be other people like me. Like I'm just somebody I don't enjoy watching this movie. There are things in it that creep me. I don't like watching kids die personally. Yeah. I don't like kids die. My number one child murder happens a lot in this movie. My number one fear on this planet is not just you're gonna say snakes, it's rattlesnakes. And there is a certain scene. There is a certain scene in this movie that like I had to look away from. I just couldn't watch it. Because it was those two aforementioned things combined. Right. Basically, this is the, the definition of a dark Halloween story. This is like when what they were going for was truly an, an anthology series about the really messed up shit that happens on Halloween. Like the first one was a serial killer. This one is like a sacrilegious cult with a really satanic leader. Let me let me let me explain this uh, plot for people who don't understand. Yeah, I'll let you two take this one away more because I know you two have more fun. So basically, this movie is about a evil CEO who hates children so much that he decides to create these Halloween masks for children to wear that have this chip inside them so that when they watch his TV program, their heads turn into bugs and they die. This is all over the country. Yeah. Kids turn into bugs. We're going to just show all the kids on different cities in America wearing the masks. And you're like, oh, fuck. 
Yeah, the stakes are like weirdly incredibly high in this movie. Like you're like, oh my god. And this is only a year after Halloween too. This is 1982. It's the early 80s. So like, have there were there really children dying like this on the screen back then? Not on this scale. That's for damn sure. The first time I saw this movie, I was a child. And the way I comforted myself watching Halloween as a child was just knowing that he only went after adults. You know what I mean? Like, all Michael Myers... serial killers have the courtesy of not killing kids. I mean, Jamie's an exception, but I I knew that I wasn't a part of Michael Myers' bloodline. I'm fine, you know? I'm just a little kid. So when I was watching this movie the first time... Not only was I confused because Michael wasn't in it and I didn't know like the whole history with the franchise, but I was just flat out terrified because I was seeing people my like just a little younger than me dying and rattlesnakes, which terrified me then and terrified me now crawling out of their mouths. Right. It's like some of the imagery in this movie is genuinely frightening. Like it will... That it will lady, keep you up. She gets one of the chips. She's oh my god! No, yeah. She pokes at it and it melts her fucking face. Yeah, that was it's horrifying. Disgusting. It is genuinely disgusting. It is terrifying. Yeah. No, this movie is like, compared to the first two, which take themselves like semi seriously, this is like goofy schlock, and I love it. It's like so out there and just batshit. With the concept, and it's kind of fun. Now I have issues with it. I think it it's like twenty minutes too long, and I don't, I don't really. That was my issue with it too. Yeah, and I also feel like it leaves a lot of threads kind of unsolved because there's okay. So it follows. Uh, I think his name, the actor is Tom Hot, uh, Tom Atkins. It follows his character, who's like, uh, uh, he's like a doctor, and he's looking into. Um, he's looking into this whole thing. And there's a love interest who, all right, number one, she's way younger than him. And that's a little weird. Yeah. Stacy Nelkin. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a little weird. I'm like, I don't know if I buy this. Regardless, she kind of, she gets captured by the group at the end. And then he rescues her, but it turns out she's a clone. That's right. They're fucking clones in this movie. Yeah. Android. Android, right. Whatever. Um, Same thing. But like, this movie's wild. But we never get like any closure on what happened to her. That was kind of my, I guess, issue with it growing up, and still to this day, really, is it's just so random at at times. Yeah. It doesn't. What I love about it is all of the scenes when they're driving through that town and people are looking at them like they're outsiders. That reminds me so much of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> um, I, that is a top 10 for me as well. Like, I fucking love that movie. It, it has that red scare kind of element. Like, right. It's almost a tribute to that in a little way. Yeah. So, to it, you know. And yeah. It's just super well like shot everywhere. Oh, yeah. It had the same uh, cinematographer as the first two Halloween movies. Yeah. Um, and also, it also has a really good synth score as well. It doesn't use the Halloween theme. Um, but I, 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 I really enjoyed the theme. In the yeah. It really was. They really were trying to make it its own thing, which is why 
I think they should have just they this started they, do, they started doing this later, but they should have just called it Halloween Season of the Witch. They shouldn't have numbered them. They should or just been. not name it Halloween at all and just call it also Season of the Witch. Bad name. I don't like that name. It has what? It has nothing to do with witches. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could have called it like Silver Shamrock or something. You know. Oh, God. So, two but. things about this movie really quickly. One of them's kind of contradicting to this whole podcast because a word of advice and that's like, if you're going to watch this movie, don't do it in a marathon with the rest of the Halloween movies. Watch it on its own merits. Don't expect it to, don't go in with expect to have like a style of Halloween movie because it's not, it's, not like what you're going to expect. You're not going to get like Michael standing in a corner. You're going to get something wildly different. So go into it with a fresh mind, completely off of Halloween, even though the title's Halloween. And also careful with the main song. It's way too frigging catchy. For they do song. use it too much, I will say. But it's in my head forever now. So, you know, I will it's no. It's like the guinea pig song. Like it's that's so catchy that it's annoying because it's not a good song, you know. Right, right. But hey, at least Brendan, at least you and I can have fun with this, you know. I love this movie. I really do. I. It's worth watching. I watch. I was just blown away because you know I knew all the. There's nothing to do with Michael. Well, that's stupid. Because everybody's like that when they first hear that. Right. I mean, think about his own merits. It's fun. Well, yeah, it's really fun. Uh, I want to talk about my favorite character. Yeah. Uh, Paco. Mm. He is a bundle of joy. Oh, yeah. Like, he is having a lot of fun in this film. Absolutely. He is very, very warm first. Like, he is just seems like the kindest man in the whole world. And then when he becomes the fucking cult leader, like he does... It's fucking scary. Like he's the best actor in the movie. Yeah, without a doubt. He has so much like he's but he's a normal dude, but he's so creepy. Yeah. Like his voice is very deep and very like intimidating. Yeah. Like, oh, he's so good in this. He really I, is. He's awesome. Big fan. Um, I like the relationship too with the way he treats that like redneck family. In the little shit kid, and he basically used them as a test. Yeah, that was horrific. It was terrifying. Yeah. And they're all just watching it like it's uh, like it's just yeah. Video. It's holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This movie's insane. And I also like I also like the fact that it kind of has an ambiguous ending, only if you never really figure out whether he stops the event or not. Yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. Because, like, they could have talked out and they could have said, like, oh, they saved the day, but the fact that it's even ambiguous, like, really, like, because that situation is just so horrifying where you're, like, on his side, you're like, oh, my God, just, he's got to save it. And the fact that they cut it off, like, right before they reveal that, I like. So, like, overall, I don't hate the movie. I just, like, I tried, I tried to watch it again just to understand it better. It's, I can't, I can't really get myself to get into it as well as even like some of the later movies talk about like not in this episode, but the next episode, this episode, 
Halloween three is one of the best like movies we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, this is because That's because like, I think well, I think James said it best. Like it's it's original, like it's its own thing. And that's what makes it good. Like, it's the only one that doesn't, like, re- just rehash the general formula that the first movie mastered. What works so well for me is I feel like I just take it for what it is. Right. And I just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, take any, just, any pre-notions of it being a Halloween single. Hit that out the door. Just watch it. It really is worth watching. I would recommend it to anyone. Absolutely. When it came out, everybody just bitched. You're doing the marathon. It's worth it just to break up the, have a little Michael Myers break before you get all the shitty. That's true. I have to take it by myself, by itself. That's, but like people back in the day kind of saw this movie and just said one thing like, where the hell is Michael Myers? Where's Michael Myers? All anybody cared about. All people wanted was the same thing. And then it popped in theaters and that leads us to number four. Yes, exactly. And then that takes us beautifully to Halloween 4. Uh, The return of Michael Myers. He's back. Do you know the pink... Do I know the pink what? The pink panther connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's hilarious. They're both 4, 5, and 6 of that series and it's return, revenge, and curse. That's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's really cool. Yeah, so we are now getting into what a lot of people call the Pink Panther trilogy because, you know, there's Return of Pink Panther, also Revenge. The Thorn trilogy. Yeah, Revenge. Thorn trilogy is what it's most known Yeah, so Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers, uh, directed by Dwight H. Little. This was 1988. Um, and Michael Myers is back, and somehow uh, Dr. Loomis is still alive, despite them both having burned. They're fine, you know? Yeah. They, they literally has those like scars, and then as the movies go on, he loses it by gradually. By six, he doesn't have it. That's how that's how fire works, you know. That's how. Yeah, it... you know, there's, I actually, there's one thing that brought them back, and that's just money. All yeah. people wanted, all people wanted, was Michael Myers. So if you're gonna bring Michael Myers like, back, you got it. it. Might as well be, get a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Now here's the weird thing, and I was gonna ask you guys this because I don't remember what happened here so this follows what we learn to be michael's niece uh who's the little girl um and her name is shit why did jamie. jamie yeah so jamie what happened to Lori? do they ever explain he's flat out written off yeah. but you can't even really use that excuse because they just they don't you know, ever say how she died no, i think they did do i, I they? thought it was a uh, car Oh, okay. They I just think kinda... somebody said it was a car. I don't know. But that may be one we look up later. But this one more so than it's very vague. It it was probably unless I'm crazy, but this I one might have been mentioned like really quick like how else you say. This one is similar to the twenty eighteen movie in the sense like it's a sequel slash reboot in a way. Yeah. There are things about it that are obviously sequel, like the fact that Laurie Strode is dead and like Sam Loomis is a lot older and scarred from previous movies. But it follow like like two, it follows kind of a similar formula to the first one. But this time it's following 
Laurie Strode's really young niece introducing Daniel Harris in her first role. Which she's great. Like her, yeah, her, her first she role, she really does blow it, blow it out of the park in this one. Yeah, this movie has issues. She's not one of them. And, um, really great child performance, especially in like a horror movie where children are normally like terrible. This movie held up a lot better than I remember. It, it's not the worst. It's like I think middle it's, of the road. I'd say. I think other than the first one, it's the strongest one we talk about tonight it just to me like it's the one that i enjoyed the most on the rewatch again other than the first one which i just watch all the time right but there yeah like there like you just said there are things about this movie that really annoy me like for example there are a lot of seeds planted in this movie they really come back in like the fifth and sixth movie that are a lot bigger problems but you can see the beginnings of those really big problems those movies have in this movie but for the most part it's it's not that poorly paced from what I I gathered like it kind of has a pretty clear beginning middle and end and once it gets going it doesn't really slow down like I I was re-watching it and I was about to write down that it's kind of losing its pace when they get into this truck with the the guys from the bar and then Michael just jumps out like he's on the truck. Like, I forgot the, about that scene and the movie's right back to where it was. Like, it, it holds it. Once it gets its pace, I felt like it held its pace well, very, very well to the end. Sure. Brendan, where, where, where do you stand on Halloween 4? I like it. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Not the best, not the worst. Um, for, yes, for the sake of Beginning of the Thorn trilogy is the best of the three. Absolutely. Well, not, I know. It's not a really because good trophy, but yeah. No, it's not, but it's okay. Um, it, it just gives you... There, I definitely have some issues with it, but it, it's a traditional, just back to basics, square one Michael Myers movie where, yeah, he just goes around and he's stalking his, knee, his family member and he's killing else along the way. I felt, for me personally, I felt like there was, and part of this is is John Carpenter wasn't really involved with this one, but I felt like there was just a lot lacking. Um, there's some good stuff to be found, I'll get to that in a bit, but like, I felt like just the filmmaking style wasn't really on the same level as one or even two, um, as far as like Michael Myers go, because for some reason, I just couldn't buy the fact that it was Michael, like his mask doesn't look great in this one. One of my problems, yeah. There's there's actually his mask brings up a problem with just how he progresses in the movie too, which I can bring up later, but continue, sorry. Um, but I I don't know, there's some good like horror set pieces in this. Um the scene on the roof with uh Jamie and her uh, uh stepsister, and I forget her name, but her name is Rachel. Um like I, I like that scene a lot. I thought that was very intense. And I like the whole like mob going after Michael aspect. And I think we're gonna get that a little more in Halloween Kills um coming in a few weeks. But I thought that was an interesting route for it to take as far as yeah, I don't know. It was interesting to see the town kind of take charge for once. Um and I thought that was pretty cool. So the opening freak 
freaked me out. Like I watched this movie late at night and just, I don't know what it was like something about like the way it was just like early morning dusk and the, it was just like eerie music over a, fa- a Halloween yeah. decorated farm. The beginning is very Halloween-y. It, it, it just felt creepy. And when I was lying in bed alone at night, it it definitely got my heart beating. And I was like looking around. Bones. <laughs> it worked. The intro of this movie, like with the opening text, it's not like traditional Halloween, but it's it's freaking good. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I guess my last thing about this movie that I didn't even remember is like, as far as slasher characters go, or even Halloween characters, I thought this movie's characters were a lot more memorable. Like it introduces Rachel, who's, you know, she comes I like Rachel, yeah. Yeah, she's She's even her boyfriend who cheats on her and comes off as just the supreme piece of shit at first, even has a slight redemption there near his end when he fights Michael and that leads into Brennan's favorite kill, which I'll let him take over for in a bit, but you know, like Rachel and then like Rachel, even um, what's her name? Um, Jamie's mother is a pretty, is slightly I just felt that this movie more so than the next two movies and even two had better characters because like the characters in two even i thought were really rough michael myers is still human in this one even if the circumstances as to why he's alive is a bit over exaggerated but you know he's always been in a coma he's just been wrapped up for and he's been asleep this whole time yeah Um, sure buddy sure all right but whatever it's not important we get to see him back so it's okay but you know He's just Michael Myers. He can be stopped. He's not an unstoppable force. Well, uh, this is kind of the start of that, though, because of the ending, Mm -hmm. which we can talk about, too. But um, the guys from the bar, in terms of the characters, I like like those guys are random. It's so random how they just come into the movie. Well, I just like, ain't no something going on. Phone right phone just rings in a playstation ain't no way and they all just like grab their guns yeah, and start hunting like, i just think that's hilarious it's i didn't they were making me chuckle every time they were on the screen and not like necessarily in a bad way i thought they were pretty enjoyable right right they, they kill that guy <laughs> Poor innocent guy. that guy just like two people have dressed like michael myers have died now i know Oh my god, that's crazy. It's a dangerous occupation. Okay. The bullies in this movie are so cruel. <laughs> they go up to Jamie and they go, Jamie is an orphan. I know. Oh my god. I was this like, is, this is traumatizing. Like, this, this is awful. Like she yeah, is in a traumatic hard life. And they right. just call her an orphan to her face. It's terrible. Yeah. And they Okay, I don't know how they know that her uncle is the boogeyman, but they bring that up, too. I know. It's like, like wow. your uncle's the boogeyman. He's going to come get you. And then he actually does. It's like, you guys are assholes. Yeah, yeah you probably, they probably felt terrible. great when they watched the news. <laughs> God damn. So but, 
My favorite kill in this movie. We should probably talk. We probably should have mentioned all of our favorite kills up to this point. But nah, I don't remember anything. My absolute favorite one in this one is when Michael is posing as the police officer. Right. The um, the character Brady. He's cheating on uh, Rachel with the the person he works with. The girl, the daughter of the sheriff. Yeah. And she finds the like lieutenant or whatever is like body, and Michael just gets up takes the shotgun and just pummels it through her and through the wall. You know, he's holding a shotgun and his instinct is to use it as a spear. Yeah. It's hysterical. Hell yeah. Especially when they they give you that low shot, that low (laughs) shot of him and he like holds it like from his hip like he's about to just blow her guts out and then just shoves it right through. It just does it's absolutely what you do not expect it's incredible incredible moment really um now i gotta be honest my so i i really like that rooftop scene um as far as just suspense i thought it was a really well put together scene Mm -hmm. my favorite scene in this movie was the last like minute of it um now hear me out hear me out i thought it was interesting like in a generational kind of way the fact that jamie would like, become a psychopath killer like Michael. Now, it's a shame they do absolutely nothing with that in the sequel. However, as far as a twist ending goes, it got me. I thought that was pretty cool. No, I, pretty I, I agree with you. The, the ending of this movie is if they they if they left it there, that would have been... That would have been a mic drop. That would have been a mic drop. That would have been good. Like, you would have had a nice little Michael Myers trilogy then. Right. But, uh... We could have moved on to Halloween Five could have been her as the next Michael. Right, you know, exactly. Feminism. Right, but then they know. Gotta get the girls in there. Right. Girl, hashtag girls can be killers too. Damn straight. Damn straight. That, yeah. Where he's brutally massacred by police officers. That's like, right. He gets shot like a thousand times and then falls into a sinkhole. Yeah. This is where it gets a little ridiculous because I. Well, the beginning of five is where it gets a little bit ridiculous. Is well, we can hit right into that. I feel like we yeah. just gotta jump into five. We're just jumping into this all where right. shit starts to get bad. Wait, all right, yeah, all right. I got, I can do this for you. Queen like Five, it. The Revenge of Michael Myers, nineteen eighty nine. There you go. Directed by Dominique Othen Gerard. What a name! Probably. I mean, I just try giving. He's definitely it. Swedish. Yeah, but like, okay, this He's movie. Done some shitty movies. Did you? Were you gonna mention how? So, like I was just saying, they basically play like the last maybe five minutes of Michael's life in this the is, last movie. This is where the Rocky thing comes back again. Because because they replay what happens right at the end of the last one. But right. in this one, they add him, they add the cops throwing dynamite in. Yeah, that and was they, wild. And they just retcon it that <laughs> Michael crawls through a yeah, cave. Yeah, like, are you serious? And then rolls out into a river. Yep. And then That's goes stupid. to sleep with some random hermit for a year. Wakes up a year later with his mask looking. Wakes up a year later with his mask fixed because it's awesome in this movie. If you want my opinion, his mask mask looks really good. The hair is a little long, but the face looks much better. The last one was too white. It was was too too clean. It was 
brand new looking for Michael Myers. Also, Michael looks more like in four. He was kind of bigger. He was like a football player. This one, I think, no, he's still kind of a football yeah, player. Yeah, he's still pretty big he's in this one. still pretty big. Right. It, he's the, not as stocky, but he's definitely tall. In the next one, they get pretty well-sized. Actually, yes. Six, <laughs> they actually do the Michael pretty well. Here's my thing. Here's my thing about five. This movie is boring as Oh, it my. is so boring. This is it is nothing happens in this movie. Holy shit! Like you have you have a setup. You have a setup from the fourth one where Jamie is now supposed to be the villain. That's the setup. But instead, they decide no. Let's just make her death and let's have Michael Myers back because we gotta have a Halloween mo- movie with Michael Myers. Otherwise, it's gonna pop into box office. Yeah, and right. They she's, kill off. She's actually she's just a mute. Right. They kill off Rachel, who was like a likable character in the fourth one. Very early. They decide, hey, fuck you. We're going to kill her. And then... like her? Fuck you. And then the movie just drags. Nothing happened. It just drags. Follow her friends and their stupid, like, little gang. It is so stupid. I couldn't give two shits. I don't remember a thing about this movie. The second act... Okay, so this is when... The franchise takes a very, very big dip. This is the first movie that just gets flat out horrible. The whole second act of this movie is a bunch of poorly acted teenagers playing pranks on each other. That is, there are way too many like fake outs. Yeah. There is a, that whole barn scene, there is like three to four fake outs. And every time it happens, it's like, okay, this is getting old. Yeah. Like, this is not fun anymore. Yeah. It, we want Michael to just, just fucking kill these people. Right. And not to mention, okay, okay, not to mention. So, they kill off uh, Rachel. Likeable character. I liked her. I thought she was fun. Yeah. Instead, they bring in some bitch whose name I don't even remember. But she's, yeah, she's completely unlikable. No, she's stupid. Yeah. She's like a ditzy girl. Yeah. It's like, all right, I can't root for anybody here. I'm rooting for Jamie. Why was Rachel even friends with you? Right. Rachel was a smart and just well-developed character. She's awful. Yeah. Now, I will say, again, like with four, and even even so in here, the bright spot is still Danielle Harris. Like she yeah, I was about to start getting into that. Incredible. I gotta gotta mention, like, it's kind of unclear what's happening to her. Yeah. Like the last time we saw her, she just kind of walked up to Michael and touched his hand. In this movie, she's like she's acting it perfectly, but she's she has like a Harry Voldemort link. Yeah, she's like almost like so so suffered from PTSD that she can't even talk. Like she's just traumatized. Right. And oh, it's only until like the third act she starts speaking again. Yeah. But yeah, she's acting very well and giving the performance her all. But this is when like all of the weird thorn stuff really starts to show its right. face with the movie. The trench coat guy. This is where he first. Yeah, because throughout the movie, you you start seeing just shots of a guy in a trench coat. You really it primarily focuses it on it. Never goes anywhere in this movie at least until the last scene. Until, yeah. yeah. Just, Donald Pleasance, if you want my opinion, other than in this movie, he's never something really negative because Donald Pleasance, I think Loomis's character falls off a little bit in this movie. 
He does a lot of things that I don't really think he would normally yeah, do. Yeah, that's like, true. In the but... first movie, he wouldn't step fifteen within 15 feet of Michael. He was holding guns at him and shooting him on sight. Now he's like, now he wants to reason with him and get like right up to in his face and try to take his knife. Now he wants to hold a little girl Hostage. in front of him as, um, yeah, literally like, his get bait. the girl. Yeah. Probably a little then, crazy from all of this Michael Myers trauma. This is a very drastic character change for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, it gets to the end where Loomis pretty much, he kind of suffers the same ending in a way in five and six. He gets beaten by a character. He does have one good line. It's like a really good Loomis line. He's like, uh, it's when he's in the police station, I think. He says um, something along the lines of he's like, I wanted him to burn in hell, but I knew that hell wouldn't have him. Yeah, that's like, good. That was a good Loomis line. I, I wrote, that was, oh yeah. That was good. And then, one, another thing that just absolutely pisses me off right before we get to the ending, there's a scene where Michael Myers he okay he just all of a sudden decides after he kills rachel he's gonna start following tina and her group when he should be just going after jamie like there's no reason for him to go and kill them that's true i didn't even just think about that it's to pad the runtime that's right so a common common theme with every halloween movie with michael myers is they all share at least two similarities and like this one has like Michael in the car. Like that was something that was started in the first movie. And for a big part portion of this movie, Michael is in a car. I don't like that. And you see that he drives slow. Like he chases slow. Like he's literally chasing Jamie through a field in a car. Like the girl he's trying to kill. And he's just kind of cruising. He's just her. cruising behind her when he could easily just floor it and, Pretty much finish his objective before that there is a scene where he kills the boyfriend of the tina and then there's a scene where she thinks he's in the in the camaro mm-hmm. and he gets in with her she tells him to stop for cigarettes and he actually does it you think michael myers is this bitch's errand boy no. michael myers wouldn't take that for one minute he would just Stabbing. be like okay and then just fucking choke her out. Yeah, right. You're telling me my and then somehow they get the cops to come and save her, only for her to just be like, you know what? This isn't that dangerous. A lot of co- yeah, like <laughs> eight cop cars what? pull up in like 15 seconds. It's a pretty it's Haddonfield. It's a wonder they haven't caught Michael if they can show up that quickly. Right. But yeah, this I trench- just I hate that because that's so it's out of character for Michael. Yeah, this trench coat character we mentioned plays into oh, our ending yeah. here. He just so after Michael is subdued, Blaine, you want to tell everyone what happened? He gets taken to prison, and it gets a little oh, interesting. Re- hold on, just real, real quick. What prison would allow their inmates to keep their mask on if they're being booked? Uh, they're COVID <laughs> safe. Like, with his with his chains and his mask on, I'm just like, right. what? Okay. Yeah, who knows? Um, well, all of a sudden, uh, they see this uh, little uh, 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 image, little marker thing, and then Michael Myers, he's just gone. 
He's 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 disappeared. He's out of there. I'll be honest. I don't remember what happened in the ending. I was like, oh, you know, oh, oh, okay. So help me. Um, so we see the man in trench coat, like just walking around the whole movie, mm-hmm. and then finally, mm-hmm. towards the end, the, they finally arrest Michael, and then uh, the cops like he's being transferred to a maximum security place, and the girl's like, he'll never die, or yeah, yeah, till the end of his days, and she goes, he'll never die. And then, yeah, like this fucking franchise. And then, oh, God. And then Trenchcoat Mafia. Trenchcoat Man, yeah, he, like, bombs the police station. That's right. Frees Michael. Yeah. And, and then the movie just ends. Yeah. It's, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, Jamie's just walking around, and she sees the empty uh, cell. Right. Which, so it's like, oh, great, here comes six. So are we ready to introduce Paul Stephen Rudd? I give that one a three out of ten. I, the kills are not I, fun either. The kills are awful. I hate five. five. I hate four. Five. Fuck five. Okay, five, we can five, move five, on five. to six. All right. So I hate this one even more. We so. got our boy Paul Stephen Rudd before in Anchorman. his first ever before role. Anchorman. Again, first ever role. I don't even think and he bo- actually knows. But, what movie this is anymore? Like, I think somebody's asked him before on interview, and he's just been like, "I don't even remember what which one it was." That's a good. That's a good. Uh, <laughs> he a good does not give a fuck about this yeah. movie, and rightfully so because I don't think they were giving him much to work with. I don't think they gave him any direction because it is clearly a guy in his first role who just got was handed a script and just you know, read through it, and they just said, do that in front of the camera. He's very nervous. He is monotone. He is, he has the same face the entire movie. He's not Paul Rudd yet. Right. Now, put it blunt, he's terrible in this movie. Like, he's flat out terrible. Right. Now, real quick, um, we're talking about Halloween Curse of Michael Myers, 1995, directed by Joe Chappelle. This is your Judge Pell now. Um, yes. And the wire. This and one. This so the only mainstay we have is Donald Pleasance um, back in the end. But I'll be honest, for the first like 20 minutes, I had absolutely no idea what was going on because there's a this time jump and there's a continuity change from five where it turns out, uh oh, they got Jamie too. And it's like, no, they didn't. Not in five. This movie yeah. is very, very confusing to new time people. This, now, here, Brendan, do you want to explain the different cuts? I feel like you should okay. tell me. All right. It's really quick. The one word, another one word description is disaster for how this played yeah. out. Like, this is just anything less than calling this a flat out mess is just no. Okay. So, the more we talk about it, I'll, I'll, I'll compare the differences, but there's two cuts of this movie. There is the regular one, and then there's the producer's cut, which, what the fuck is a producer's cut, ex- except this movie, apparently. Right. The producer's cut adds more things, but it add, it's so much more confusing, and it's... It's really bad. It's worse than the regular cut, which is really bad in of itself. <laughs> but this producer's cut is fucking worse. Okay. Uh, like I said, as we'll go, I'll explain the differences. Like, 
there is so the whole thing with this is that Michael Myers is basically a pawn in this thorn cults like game where it has requires a sacrifice of a family it's really confusing the thing that annoys me about this is that like we were saying in the first one Michael Myers just a guy um and now in the sixth one they're like oh no he's motivated we tell him who to kill and I'm like no that's bullshit that's really dumb oh that's so it's terrible I hate that's, it oh my god it, it ruins the character yeah this movie does a lot so it starts off with what what i consider possibly the most brutal death michael the most brutal kill michael myers has in the entire franchise and that is his target from the last two movies jamie bites the dust in this movie she's a lot older yeah, now apparently she's, she's like 20 now yeah and she has a kid which yeah she's I don't even think we want to get into that. No. That, but the producer's cut, the father is not revealed in the regular cut. You do not want to know. Yeah, you do not want to fucking know. It's fucked up. It really, it truly is. This is why I did not make it. it, Unbelievable. I think, I actually think, like, uh, so the movie starts with like the ritual crap, but the first chase with Jamie is pretty promising. Like, on the first, on the rewatch, Michael I was like, "Is actually kind of scary in this movie." Yeah, like it had when me he's for not being a pawn. It had me for a little bit, like when he was chasing Jamie, and then when he kills Jamie, like I definitely was wincing. Like it was not easy to watch. Like that's a brutal death. And- I was I was <laughs> lost for minute one because like it just jumps forward in time with no. Like, yeah. it doesn't really explain who's who and what's going on. I think and it I think helps. Jamie, but I yeah. think it helps that I I grew up on them. Right. Like, I remember, like, I watched four and five multiple times before I even knew six existed. So when, like, I heard, like, just through the grapevine that, like, Jamie dies in the sixth movie, it was kind of like a big thing for me. And then I watched it for the first time, and it was like, what? But... <sighs> Yeah, I can definitely, it's, it's actually never explained until after she's dead that that's her, I think. Yeah. You just kind yeah. of are left to assume that it's her. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's just, just like, <laughs> the, um, to get into it a little, like, so our main character, Paul Rudd, is now playing Tommy Doyle from the first movie, mm-hmm. and he lives across the street from the Strodes, who was the, was the family that adopted Lori, you know. Yeah. And they are not in Michael Myers' house because so, there's like a side, there's a really small conversation. It's kind of just brushed off, but basically the the wife, right before she dies, she um, is on the phone with the husband. And she's saying, you couldn't sell this house. And that's why we had to move into yeah. it. Yeah. And he, he's, you know, he's actually, like, the biggest asshole in this movie. Looks like, like Biff Tannen a little bit. He, he gives that vibe, that Biff Tannen vibe. But the the youngest, or the oldest, sorry, the oldest uh, Strode daughter, she has a son named Danny. And so Danny is living in Michael Myers' old room, and he keeps seeing visions of the trench coat man telling him to kill. 
and it's very it, it's really weird it's Just almost being in the same room it's giving it? off the um, i think what they were going for was giving off the impression that danny because you know he holds the knife to yeah to the, the foster father's the, stomach he slaps his daughter because they get into an argument yeah the son pulls the knife on him. so it's i think like, what shit. they're aiming for is like it's kind of it's an unclosed loop because they it looks like they were trying to go for the same thing that Michael fell down. It would probably like that whole cycle would probably end with him killing his mother or somebody close to him or his father. So it like like I said, it's un it's unfinished because by the end of the movie, it's just you know they're finishing off Michael and it's just kind of left in the background to fester. And it's never really brought up again. Like he follow, he'll. There's a point in the movie when he like walks up to where Mike. He's walking over to Michael's house while Michael's inside on a killing spree, and he's just kind of on a trance. But I'm pretty sure that's the last time, the last you really see of it, because even the next time he encounters Michael in the climax, he's holding the baby and hiding in fear, just without any connection just yeah, like a normal victim of michael he's just a normal kid like, yeah he's not, he doesn't really like want to have all this he's not psychotic he's not, like, yeah he's, he's not the a, kid that dr loomis looks oh. at and says pure evil you're looking too about uh loomis in this movie um he died like shortly after making this movie and he does not look great um in this movie um he um He's not, it's nice to see him, I guess, but like, yeah, he doesn't do could, much. Yeah. He just kind of walks around. He does a lot more in the other cut, I'm pretty sure. Like uh, the producers, yeah, cut. we can because we'll talk about that. I know, I know the theatrical version, the one that we are heavily talking about, and the one that all three of us watched is the version that has a lot more Michael Myers in it over Dr. Lewis. <laughs> Yeah, and like the producer's cut, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of changes to the ending where Michael's like a pawn and then in another ending, he goes on a complete killing spree. Like, it, it yeah. could not be more different. Yeah, the way the theatrical cut ended, like, it just felt like kind of out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Because it and like, I, and I'm jumping to the ending only because I don't, like, I'm forgetting everything that happened in the movie only because... Yeah, it's a forgettable movie, just... So, um, okay, I want to talk about a Deus Ex Machina for a minute. Do it. Because uh, Paul, uh, Tommy Doyle, Ant-Man, and uh, Dr. Loomis happened to be listening to the same radio station at the same time when Jamie calls, and she's like, it's kind of like a, that's oh, actually that kind is. of a funnier scene because the radio station, there's like a call in, and the girl's like, I'm in love with Michael Myers. That was yeah. funny. That was funny. I like that. It's funny, actually. It, it's that really weird, but it's scene. funny. Um, and then Jamie calls into that show, and she's like, uh, Dr. Loomis, can you help me? And I'm just like, how would you know if he just happened to be listening to the radio at that point in time? Right. That you is know? a day you sex. I didn't even it's, realize that. Because that's that. how Tommy ends up with the baby. Yeah. Which... Yeah, that's another like, okay, he just happened to be listening to it at the same time as well. Yeah. It's just 
very weird things like that. Yeah, and there's both- just a disconnect. Like nothing <laughs> makes any sense in the movie. You know. Now, no. of, of all the of all of them, I think this is without question the worst in the franchise. Really? Okay. Because here's, here's my thing. Here's my here's my thing. Five is, is boring. So Six is like it's dumb as hell and it's not good, but at least it's more entertaining than five. Five, I was like born to tears. I I think I would have agreed with you before we watched these recently, like this yeah. time around. I would have agreed with you because I, I have the same. Yes, five is boring as shit, but six just kind of upsets me a little bit. Six or angers me for more reasons than one. Like I watch it and. I get mad that Paul Rudd is not like showing any emotion when he's like one he of the most emotional. He's one of the most emotionful, like full guys like you'll ever see. His his <laughs> acting style relies a lot on charisma. And he has nothing. He has nothing. He has that. Yeah. And this oh, was the same year as Clueless, where it's like, oh look, it's Paul Rudd. Yeah, and like is he in the version we watched, like Michael goes out by getting beat with a pipe. Like, yeah, that's pathetic. Like it's, it's a not, very, okay. it's a very generic climax in a hospital. Um, do you want to get into the uh, big plot twist uh, of the producer's cut? Yeah, let's do it. Where okay, so oh, yeah, get a live reaction to this. Blaine, you're gonna hear who the father of Jamie's oh, you, child is. Okay, so do you know? No. Okay, this is you, live reaction. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> Care to wager a guess first? Is it Michael? It's Michael Myers. It is Michael fucking Myers. Okay. They, this makes no sense they, whatsoever. Michael Myers' goal is to end his family bloodline. Oh. But instead, he wants to create another one to rape her yeah and then he gives her another he gives her a child oh it's like what the fuck no but okay in the regular cut it's just it's nobody nobody's the father and that's I, I prefer that we got like so, a Virgin Mary situation in our heads you know the yeah. producer's cut brings up a funny thing we can mention in this podcast we are talking about six movies in a franchise, one through six. From one to six, we've gone from a freaking unstoppable serial killer that is just nothing but pure sinister evil to a pawn that is defeated in the producer's cut by a circle of stones lied on the ground. With a with anti-thorn a, an anti-thorn symbol. symbol. He just stops right there and he just doesn't do anything. The other thing too, Halloween, the Halloween franchise has never relied on fantasy. We've no. never, not ever once have dived into fantasy. Why and, are we getting into this like cult stuff now? Right. We did that in three, but it was it was different because that was the whole point. No, three, yeah, three is different. Three's different. I will never, I will never use the cult or any of like the plot of three and it being different from the franchise as a negative. No, 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 no. I will use it against six because six is trying to like go right. with the past movies, and that's why it's just so, a flat out mess. Doctor Wynn 
who is a very, very minor character in the first Halloween. So minor, he has he literally one scene. scene. Oh, real quick. I had something funny to bring up because I watched the first one. I watched, I went two to six and then I went back to one so I could end on a good one. Yeah. There's a, the scene Dr. Wynn is introduced in is when him and Loomis are just walking uh, and Loomis is trying to get to Haddonfield. Well, Loomis is parked in a handicapped spot. So he gets minus five respect points for that for being an app. That's an that's a that's a So Wynn is actually a trench coat guy. And it's revealed he's the leader of the cult or whatever. So oh god, in the producer's cut, Dr. Wynn, like dot okay, oh god, this is so hard to say. It's unbelievably bad. So the Michael Myers that stopped by the stones. Was actually Doctor Wynn this whole time. Switched <laughs> <laughs> costumes with Michael, and Michael is actually the one in the trench coat. This now. sounds like fan fiction this that you wrote while you were drunk, happened. but like this is actually real. This actually like was made and filmed. So Doctor Wynn dies. It's the final and shot. That's just like there, what? So look, he dies, and the thorn symbol appears yes, on this. on Loomis's arm. And he screams like in terror because he knows that he's forever Michael's caretaker. And that scream made it into the theatrical cut. It's yeah. in the, the very last scene where you just see Michael's mask in the syringe. Um, you hear that scream. That's the scream that you hear Lucas make when it just ends ambiguous. ambiguous. But um, as far as the Okay, so the producer's cut does not have the coolest kills in the movie. We, or at least, I don't think they have the dad. They have the mom when she just gets axed. The Strode mom. She just gets axed. And the dad who, who gets what he has coming to him. He gets mm-hmm. fucking electrocuted and his right. head explodes. It's, that's the, one of the best kills in the whole series. Something positive we can say for the movie, I guess, is that Michael Myers looks good. And he's mm-hmm. kind of scary when he's not standing around being somebody's bitch. Yeah, the kills are creative. The kills are cool. Yeah, um, the characters are, well, terrible. Sorry. Michael's design, like, they changed his mask again. And this is when they kind of started giving him... It, I'm, I'm very against this. This is the start of the like H2O resurrection era mask where he gets yeah, he gets mask. really he gets really weird like eyebrows on his mask. Hmm. And we're just gonna have to get used to that. But in this movie, I think it actually looks okay because he has black holes for his eyes instead of like you can't see his skin and eyes. Like H2O in the next film we get to. You will see his eyes. Michael looks flat out weird in the next one. Yeah, it's real weird. But yeah, man, that's the thing. Like, the ending, even depending on no matter which cut you get, like, I was still confused as to what was going on. It's just not coherent in any way, shape, or form. It seems like five ants, or especially, I think more so five, they both seem like they were very rushed. Yeah, five and six like suffer the Star Wars yeah. sequels problems. Yeah, they didn't have the same writers or directors. Like four actually kind of had a vision and it kind of knew what it was. It was right. the return of Michael Myers. Like they had time to kind of execute it and play it out. And that's why, you know, it's not perfect. That's why it turned out better. Five and six were very rushed and very quickly produced. 
or five was six yeah they had to wait some time but six was kind of like how rise of skywalker suffered they kind of had to just fix a lot of the things they really set up in five and even in trying to do that they just set up a bunch of their own problems that they had to fix within their own plot if you compare this to the star wars sequel trilogy it's actually kind of interesting how it it does follow that same kind of formula where the first one is just kind of like the same thing as the original and then right. this one is very polarizing. Just go well, off okay, the rails. But I like Last Jedi though. So. Same, yeah. Last Jedi is like infinitely better than uh, okay, but, but I see where you're getting. At. I see where you're getting. At. Yes, there are those people who just absolutely hate it. And then Rise of Skywalker was trying to mend that, but fucked it up. And then added and then its own problem. That's how. That's curse of Michael Myers. Is they tried to put this all together and have all this like ridiculous reasoning for as to why michael is doing what he does when literally all we needed was he's just a psychopath and that's all we needed there didn't need to be this fucking cult or any of that that's so extra and unnecessary can i ask like of the six movies we talked about which ones would you guys recommend to someone uh one two three besides the first the first four is I just say simply the first four like yeah. as movies as Definitely movies. one and three. Well, me, me I just I put the second one in there because like if you get into Halloween, yeah. like, nowadays nowadays if you want to get into Halloween, it's best to watch one and then the new movies. But if you get yeah. if you that's, watch that's one true. if you watch one in the new movies and you really enjoyed what you saw and just want more. I think it's worth watching one, two, and then H2O and getting that story. And then if you're freaking insane, watch all of them. But if you just, if you That's catch... That's only for us. If you're on, if it's Halloween and you catch Halloween 4 on TV, it's not a bad choice. If yeah. you get the option to watch Season of the Witch ever just by itself, take it because it's different and worth your time. And the first one speaks. You, and the first like movie, a, um, watch three. Yeah, and the it's, first it's and the first movie speaks for itself. Yeah, right. Right. I just there is no part of me that can like actually recommend five and six to someone no. like Revenge and Curse no, of Michael I just Myers. Dislike the person totally. And like, they're they're not even like so bad. They're funny. They're just like boring and incomprehensible. They're so boring. They're poorly acted. They're they're horribly written. They they that were rushed. They're poorly produced. A There's great example about. of one that is so awful, but it's so it, it's so silly though. Is Freddy versus Jason? Sure. Is, yeah. That's my second favorite slasher movie, just because it knows exactly what it is. Yeah. It doesn't try at all. Like everything of yeah. the characters is stupid. But that's exactly what you want in this movie. Five and six are trying to fight. But yes, that's the problem. Five and six do not know what they are, and they don't they don't have any fun with it at all. They just try to make it very complicated unnecessarily. It that's a good way for me to put it. it One through one through four, I think. Certainly didn't work. I think one through four know what they are. Five and six know. If they had. This was an interesting thought you brought up the other day that we can maybe end this pod, oh, this yeah. particular one off. I still stand by this thought too. You, it was your thought, so I'll, I'll let you. Laugh. If they can, so 
like we mentioned earlier, Halloween 2 ended and finished off Michael Myers at the time. And they started going with anthologies. Me, in my opinion, if they, I think they should have just ignored the fans and did what they want. If, like, I love what we're, I love, I love for the better of the franchise, for the better of Halloween. Now, I'll admit, I love what we're getting today. Like, I was personally a huge fan of the 2018 movie, and I'm very looking, very much looking forward to kills. However, if they continued it, just, Halloween season, like just another anthology story. Halloween, this weird story. Halloween trick or treat gone wrong. You know, just a bunch of anthology stories. I think Halloween would have turned out much better. I agree. I agree. It's definitely more because if that if that were the case, we would still have the first two Halloween movies, and we we wouldn't have four, which I did speak highly of, but like we'd be better off without it, I think. And if we had, like, we would probably, we probably would have ended up with some pretty freaking unique Halloween movies. Like, if they kept going and then people understood what they were doing, right. we could have gotten some different very... directors. We could have gotten some truly terrifying shit because Halloween has some messed up history. It could have been, like, Twilight Zone, but movies. Right. Like, right. It's and maybe like, yeah, like Jordan Peele would do Halloween 24, where it was just, yeah. well, not, okay, not 20, maybe like 10 or whatever. Whatever number kills yeah. would be. But it was just his own story. It was his own Halloween story. It was just set in home. Yeah. I agree. I mean, much more on board for that. Um, but when you also think about, like, that brings up the argument, Hollow, like Michael Myers wouldn't be a huge pop culture yeah. icon that inspired generations of slashers to come. Like, so, that's another thing. Since that's the timeline we live in. Yeah. Right? It's okay. It's just like a... We a, live in a society. Not a lot of people know that. What, what if Halloween 4 was not the return of Michael Myers? It's kind of like another scenario we can always think about. Sure. Well, uh, get ready to throw that Thorn trilogy out the window. Um, Thank God. So yeah. what's going to happen is uh, this next week, we are taking a break from Halloween. I'm doing a 007 pod. Um, but the week after, we'll be back um, to discuss H2O, Resurrection, the two Rob Zombie Halloween, the 2018 Halloween, and Halloween Kills. So Yeah, other than Resurrection, I, in my opinion, it's pretty much all uphill from here. Good. We go well, up. We Halloween two. Oh, oh shit! I forgot about that. So, yeah, that's that's, that's a rough arguably one. the worst one. That's a rough one. We'll yeah. see how it goes. We'll see how it's it arguably the worst one. Yeah, I don't take. In terms of the, so, I have a disc set, right? Oh, God. In terms of the two, uh, divide the disc set. This is the better half of the discs. That's good because the first one's one through five, and the second one, like you have to deal with curse and res, but you have the other. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be back with part two of the Halloween pod uh, in two weeks. But, um, yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, boys, for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Shoot the shit. Exactly. Yeah, we'll be back. Um, But, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Make sure to listen to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you find your podcast, we're there. Um, be sure to leave a comment, uh, star rating on iTunes. We appreciate the love. Uh, tell your friends. I don't know. Maybe you want to hear a discussion about Halloween for two hours or however long this pod turned out to be. Um, but that'll do it for this episode. We will see you next week. Goodbye.